You're listening to Confidence on the Go, your go-to podcast for motivation, inspiration, and confidence to help you boldly and bravely take action in your pursuit of living life to the fullest. I'm your host, confidence coach and personal trainer, Trish Blackwell, and it's my absolute honor and pleasure to spend some time with you each week to celebrate this beautiful thing called life. Hey guys, it is Trish Blackwell, and you are listening to Confidence on the Go, episode number 165. Today we're talking about the secret to joy. Before we dive in, if you're new to the show, I just want to welcome you. I love knowing how people find the show. They're just these serendipitous, I really think, God-ordained dates that people just stumble upon our show in this community, and it turns out to be exactly what they need. So if that's you, I just want to say there's a reason you're here. And if you are somebody who has shared the show with others and helped it grow and helped this movement of being more of who we are meant to be, um, well, just reach more people and inspire more people to rise up and gosh, I mean, live out the best life that we can live with love and with purpose and intention in our mind, our movement and meaning. Well, then I say to you, well done. You are a leader in your community and in your world. And it's an honor to be Well, it's an honor to get to spend time with you each and every week through the airwaves of technology. So And guys, I just, I so appreciate every one of you. And I want you to know, I'm really excited for today's episode, uh, the topic of joy. What we're going to be talking about specifically is how having joy as a daily, well, descriptor of your life can change everything about it. Like how, how joy as an adjective of your character and of your approach to life, one is possible, but also, um, really just transforms your experience of the world. Um, I'm also gonna be sharing five lessons that I've, well, I just really feel transformed me in my relationship with joy. Things I've discovered through the roller coaster of my relationship with joy. And then also, I, as promised in the title, I, um, I'm going to give you the secret to having real, sustainable joy in your life. So as always, let me just give a quick hello and shout out to all of my Keep the Faith listeners out there. Thank you for being a part of the community of Contagious Encouragement and then taking that um, from the airwaves onto the podcast wave. So thank you for joining me over here. And also a sponsorship note, you guys know I'm in love with the company Beauty Counter. I am a consultant and educator for them. And um, I am just so passionate about what this company stands for. If you didn't know, in the United States, there hasn't been a law, um, regularly, uh, federally regulated law um, passed that regulates the cosmetic or personal care industry since 1938. There are over 1,400 chemicals that are illegal in the European Union because they've been conclusively linked to damaged um, health. Yet in the United States of that 1,400, only 11 are banned. So Beauty Counter is a company that has a mission, has a mission to get safer products in the hands of everyone. And, um, and we do that through moving that forward, through advocacy and through making change and making sure that we adhere to the strictest standards in our formula in formulas. And you know, I can put those products um, on myself and my daughter and my family with full confidence that I am putting the absolute best thing I can for myself on my skin. If I'm going to eat organically and eat well and pay attention to my nutrition and my fitness, I need to be paying attention to what I'm putting all over my largest organ of my body, which is my skin. So if you want to find out more about Beauty Counter, you can just go to beautycounter.com forward slash Trish Blackwell. Or you guys, I would love to mentor you if you want a side hustle. If you're ready to lend your voice to a movement that matters, 
and you want some mentorship along the way, come join me. Allow me to mentor you in the ranks of Beauty Counter so that you can be a part of making really significant change in the health of Americans. So um, if you want to join the movement, just send me an email. My email is trish at trishblackwell.com. And you can just say, um, hey, I want to join your team. Would love to talk to you about that and what that means. Okay, so let's talk about joy. Okay, so I have a Rick Warren quote that I just came across and I loved, and it's a definition of joy. So joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. I also really like this quote from um, Theopedia. It's a website on, online. Um, their definition of a joy is that joy is a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. It is a settled state of contentment, confidence, and hope. I think that definition is so beautiful. I'm going to read it again. Joy is a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. It is a settled state of contentment, confidence and hope so y'all <laughs> this is confidence in the go I'm a confidence coach it's no coincidence that I am obsessed with the concept of joy because confidence and joy are linked together there's a sense of freedom that comes from both of them and that freedom I really think that this settled state of contentment and peace in our hearts is what gives us freedom and confidence to be ourselves and live out the I think purpose that God's implanted in each and every one of us so um, that's that I just gosh I think that's the most beautiful definition and then you know there really is I, I wanted to point out a really big difference between joy and happiness because happiness is an emotion and it's temporary and joy is an attitude of the heart and if you look up kind of the derivatives of the word joy it comes from um uh, well latin and then latin went off the french word old french word joie spelt j-o-i-e um and the latin word was um from it's spelled g-a-u-d-e-r-e godere which means to rejoice that's awesome. Like to rejoice, like to rejoice is this proclamation of your soul, right? It's that's like it's a deeper, more profound state of happiness. And as I promised you um, in the overview of the show, I wanted to talk about how having joy as a descriptor of your, of your life can change everything about it. And what I mean by descriptor, like people say, you know, hey, she's a serious person or that girl's always funny. That girl, like I, whatever words people would use to describe you or your life, I want to challenge you to, to ask yourself, how can you make joy one of those? Um, you know, here's when I say that I do need to point out what we talked about the definition of joy, but what is joy? What isn't joy? It's joy is not something that's only available to certain to certain people. I want you to hear this clearly. Joy is available to everyone. It's also not something that you can earn. It's not this like, uh, achievement based. Like once I'm, you know, we, we sometimes have bought into happiness. This happiness is this achievement-based thing that uh, once I reach a certain goal, then I'm going to be satisfied and happy. Joy is more profound than that. It's deeper than that. Um, it's not financially based. It's not circumstantially based. And it's not temporary. It is a state of being. It's a state of who you are. And it, here's what, so that's what joy isn't. This is what joy is. It's uncontainable beauty and life like it's an overflow of all things good it's peace 
and the and the ability to be content in the moment and be present joy is enthusiasm and optimism um, it's a state of the soul as we've kind of already mentioned um, it's really based in all things love and it is centered in this is the ability to rejoice in life to say like life is a gift and I will rejoice in it and for that reason I have joy rejoice um, and, and I I need to be honest with y'all like why why am I talking about joy well be, because it wasn't actually natural for me I um, joy become an, became an important part of my life for a variety of reasons um, I well let me go back like kind of just in the roots of life right okay so I have one of my favorite family members is my aunt her name's aunt joy I mean aunt joy like gosh I wish my name was joy like it's such a such an awesome name and she's one of the most loving people you're ever gonna meet she's the glue to my family and she has this heart so expansive it's unreal and so knowing that I loved Aunt Joy, knowing that Aunt Joy was filled with joy, knowing that Aunt Joy was filled with love made me go, oh, interesting. Like I knew she was named after like a character trait, right? But it was even so much more interesting that she lived that out. And that, that made it appealing to me, that the concept of joy. Um, in Sunday school growing up, some of my favorite songs, like, and for those of you old school Sunday school songs, um, I mean, there's a lot about joy. It's like, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart where like, I'm not, that's the best I can sing. So I'm not going to go longer for that song for you. But I always loved I, I, the songs about joy and the songs about rejoicing, which like we already said, are, are a dual definition that those are interrelated. They always resonated with me. They always gave me a deeper breath, gave me more. Well, they gave me more joy. I, I felt happier. I wanted to skip around. I experienced something that transcended my, my elementary understanding at that point. And to be honest, um, it, it really gave joy, gave me a destination for my energy and emotion. It was a way to, when I had that happiness that was deeper than that, to be able to express it as joy. Um, and really though, like, here's the reality, like that sounds great. I can paint this amazing picture. I had a joyful childhood and I did, but I also didn't. Um, you guys, I, I grew up in a very broken household. My parents are still married, but I mean, the, <laughs> they should have gotten no, they I don't want to say they should have they talked about getting divorced since I was eight years old so I grew up in a house where that was threatened all the time there's so much turmoil so much bickering so much so much you know both parents coming to me and talking about each other and it, just a very un, unideal in you know not ideal situation and with a lot of unhappiness and strife and tension and I looked at my parents and I, you guys, I wanted nothing more for them both to just have joy. Like they, we had moments of happiness, but the happiness was so momentary, right? You know, it's kind of like, you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's getting along. This is so wonderful. Like I want to hold my breath and just make this last forever. I want to freeze these family moments that are beautiful because I knew there were so many that weren't. And there were so many where I would just hide in my room or so many where I would just cry or so many that I just wish something would change. And like, I, I wanted something better than happiness because I knew those happy moments that we had were so far and fleeting that I needed something different, right? I needed joy. And so that, that was something I always wanted my parents to have more of. And I didn't get it. It wasn't always shown to me. And so it made me interested. How can they have more of it? And how can I maybe live a life in a way that they see my joy? And maybe that could inspire them to have more. Um, but here's the thing. I, you guys, the reality is that I struggled to have joy because um, 
I was an overthinker. I was a worried, gosh, I was such a worried, anxious child. And here's the thing. I was also a perfectionist. I was so focused in on success, on approval, on achievement, and much more of like what I was doing tangibly and physically than what my emotional wellness or how I saw and experienced the world was. So I kind of went from going from thing to thing and realized like, okay, these were giving me momentary highs of happiness, but I didn't realize, like I kind of realized I wasn't looking for that all along. I was, those were giving me bursts of happiness, but not real true, sustained, profound joy um, that I, it wasn't really until I, I started uh, like really learning about the French culture and the French language and, and um, how other cultures were, were cherishing and celebrating, you know, the little things, les petits plaisirs, these small pleasures. And, you know, it was so funny, les petits plaisirs were these opposite concepts to my pursuit of big pleasures, of big success, that I, I started tasting this joy that was f- that like, a feeling of joy Um from that and I I wanted to create more of it and um, living as this perfectionist through high school and college and a little bit after I I felt so much pressure like I was happy but I wasn't joy-filled and I found like happiness like in these temporary highs but then I was like okay well on to the next thing now you have to do more and then that that pressure stole any opportunity for joy to exist um and so I, I literally, I realized, I think I hit, I forget what my breaking point was, but at some point, I think that breaking point was just this over, this sustained numbness to the world that I felt. I felt like I was on the outside, everything everyone wanted to be. I was on a full scholarship to an elite, um, elite private college. I was a great athlete. I mean, literally had everything going for me, but I felt numb. I mean, and, and I was I was involved in Bible studies. I was doing all these leadership things. I was involved in the community. I had actually created a charity, a nonprofit charity, um, and done all I'd done a lot of really cool things. But I wasn't I wasn't filled with joy. I was sometimes sometimes happy on the outside. I put on a really happy face, but I wasn't I wasn't happy. And, and furthermore, I was locked into this unhappy state of being terrified about my worth and my body image and um and that's when I really learned this French phrase you guys have heard me talk about it before but it's joie de vivre it's spelled j-o-i-e new word d-e and then the final word is v-i-v-r-e joie de vivre it means it translates into English to say the joy of living but vivre in the French language vivre is actually an infinitive form and when you do a word a word in an infinitive uh, which isn't used a lot like that in French in a command format but it can become infinitive can become an imperative which is a command so I love that this is joie de vivre like it's like an action like joy is an action living is an action and the joy in living when put into action are, are lived out together and so I had spent so much time focusing on achieving and 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 doing doing and and getting applause and approval and straight A's and you know whatever all these accolades that I actually didn't know how to quote-unquote live like I knew how to achieve but I didn't know how to live so for me that phrase opened up this whole new world of possibilities to go whoa what if I studied how to live what if I studied the art of living is that how I'm gonna find joy and so to this day, joie de vivre reminds me that, um, that joy is a choice, that I realize that, that I can start choosing to live, like I'm going to live and I'm going to live well and I'm going to live with joy. That those two things, when I'm living and actively participating in life versus just getting through life and achieving in life, when I'm participating in life and living it out and being in the present, 
and celebrating it, then I will have joy. And then it reminds me that joy is this byproduct that that is a byproduct of actively living. And living requires action. And it reminds me also that um, joy is is fluid. This is uh, like it's something that's going to ebb and flow, which is why that phrase has been created. It's the joie de vivre. It's a, it's a pursuit that we have to have on our hearts. That it's not this like you don't just stumble into joy. You know, what you focus on is what you're going to bring into your life. Where your attention is, there's your access to the world. So if you put your attention on something, you will have more access to that. And, you know, here's here's something um, I think some of you know this. You may not know. I, I have one tattoo. I got it after I completed my Ironman. Um, I've done one full Ironman so far. I will do more, but with a, a baby and in the middle of family planning and stuff like that, it will be a couple of years. But um, my, my Ironman was in France, and which was rightly, you know, very fitting for me being a Francophile and loving, loving that country and that language. So my tattoo says, it's on my hip and it says joie de vivre. And instead of the de, I've, the, the middle word, I've taken that out and put the Iron Man tattoo. Um, like the, if you are familiar, it's the little icon of the little man. And, and the icon stands for being limitless. So I love that. I love that concept. But that joie de vivre, you guys, here's what it reminds me. It reminds me that it's imprinted into me. But it always has been. If you think back to your childhood, do you think back to how we were created? How you watch a kid of any type, they have so much joy. We were born with joy imprinted into us. We know how to have joy. We know how to play. We know how to be present. We've just unlearned it at some point. And so by having joie de vivre actually imprinted into me and tattooed into me, I'm reminding that, wow, I know how to have joy because that's what I was born with. I was born as that in my spirit and who I am. But now I'm going to make that daily choice to always remind, remind myself. And this is stupid, but like you guys, I mean, I, how many times do I pee a day? A lot. I drink a lot of water. Every time I pull my pants down, I see that joie de vivre. Like it's been very profound. It's almost like having this continual post-it note on me all the time to say, Trish, joie de vivre. Trish, this is what matters today. Joie de vivre. Joy, joy, joy. You're choosing joy. You're choosing a sustained attitude of gratitude and, and celebration and content contentment and what, let me go back to that to that 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 um, uh, definition I love so much joy I'm choosing by choosing joie de vivre every day by choosing joy I'm choosing a state of mind and an orientation of the heart like that's a direction that my heart is facing and and it's a settled settled state of contentment confidence and hope. So it's funny, joie de vivre, without my discovery of this phrase, joie de vivre, you wouldn't be listening to this right now. Because if I had not discovered that, I would have never discovered true confidence and I would have never obviously started a confidence coaching business or confidence podcast. Okay, so for me, what I, by, by, by incorporating the joie de, joie de vivre into my life and making it, like literally you guys, tattooing on myself and saying, this is now part of me. Like this is, I'm so desperate for joy and I'm so determined to make my life joy-filled that I'm going to make sure it's always on me. I'm going to make sure it's always there. I'm going to make sure I never forget the power of this truth. And um, as a result, my entire life has changed. Like by focusing on joy and, and love and I mean, it's focusing on what's good. Everything about my life has changed. Absolutely. There's, I mean, I could, it would take hours and hours of the podcast to do back and forth of, of everything that changes. But everything changes and when you have joy especially 
especially when you're challenged by circumstances or hurtful people or toxic people or whatever, or your own internal battles, especially in the face of of, of, of circumstances that you typically would not have joy. But when you have joy, you realize then, and you choose joy, and you actively do joie de vivre and living, y'all, that's when that joy takes you to a new level of living because you go, I have the, if I can choose joy, then I can always choose love. And if I can always choose love and love and joy, then I have power. And when you realize the power that you have and the determination that you have to stand up and choose those two great things in spite of anything that comes your way, my friends, you're unstoppable. Like the world is your oyster. Nothing can get you down. No challenge too big. No dream too large. That's what's amazing. That's what's going to change your life about joy because you realize if you can have joy, if you can choose joy in the same way, if you can choose joy, you can choose love, then you can always have the power. It's amazing. It will change everything in your life. So I wanted to share five lessons that I've learned with my relationship with joy. And I point out the word relationship with joy because um, joy is a fluid fluidity thing it, it flows like a like the river of a relationship of any type and so like with that being said here's what I've learned that the more you invest in it the, and the more you intentionally commit to it the more joy you will have so just like any relationship it, it, the more you invest in your marriage the more you sit down and have and take the time to light candles at night with your significant other and ask them questions about their day compliment them do, act as if you're always dating even if you've known each other for 15 years they're just getting to know each other you're continually getting to know each other then you're going to have a great relationship that relationship's going to going to going to blossom tenfold and the same goes with joy Every day is an opportunity to learn more about joy and about what things make your heart come alive and what makes, you know, you start noticing more beauty around you in the world and in other people. You guys, seriously, it's a relationship. And here's what's really cool about that. As you listen today, if you're somebody that's always struggled with joy, or maybe you've not even thought about it, you've always been looking for happiness and maybe today you realize, gosh, I'm actually looking for joy. So you might have a brand new relationship. You might go, gosh, I don't have a relationship at all. I feel so bad. There's nothing to feel bad about. Your relationship joy with joy starts now. That's awesome. Or if your relationship is broken and tarnished, it's time to polish it up. That's fine. It's time to mend it. Time to heal. It's time to really be a source of joy and light for others. And here's another thing. Here's the second thing I've learned. When I'm not joy-filled, it's because I'm li- I- I- I'm somehow been tricked my mind has like gotten I've gotten unfocused or undisciplined and I've gone back to my old perfectionistic centered achievement oriented must prove myself and my worth comparison driven life and thoughts and it's crazy as soon as I go into that type of thinking my joy is gone my joy is gone and 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 when I'm not joy filled I'm only half full like I'm only half trish and and there thereby only a half version of myself and who I'm meant to be and I'll tell you, it's so interesting. I think back on my life the last 30 years, and I, there's a lot of years that I was only half me. And when I think about those years, those are my most insecure, uncomfortable, and just like itchy ears. I, I want to call them itchy. Just you don't feel right. And, and you don't feel right because you know something's missing. And I think that's that joy. It's that freedom to be yourself. It's that freedom to just accept God's love and love it and share it and 
yeah, just let the love, let joy be, joy lead what you do. So um, I, I've learned that that sometimes I still have to fight that. Like I go into that that achievement minded stuff that I want to prove myself. Like let me show how tough you tough I am. Let me you know whatever. I still revert back to that because I trained myself for so many years to think that way. That um, I sometimes have to go. Gosh, well, I feel so off. Like I feel a little bit down. Like what is that? And it's, once I once I rule out that it's not sleep or something like that. I might go, oh, are you, you're not really, you don't have that much joy this week. Okay, well, where's the joy? Where's, who, where, who stole the joy? A lot of times it's comparison. Or, you know, Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison's the thief of joy. A lot of times it's perfectionistic thinking because that's all based in comparison. So third lesson I've learned from my relationship with joy is that joy comes from a limitless fountain. That's a beautiful thing, you guys. Like there is no fear of scarcity in joy. Like, you can't be like, gosh, I, I just, this is, it's sustainable. Like, you can't be like, I think sometimes we're so afraid, like, everything's going so good. And then we're like, gosh, when's the other shoe going to drop, right? Like, when's this going to turn bad? Like, but that's the beautiful thing about joy. Joy is not circumstantially based. Joy can, can prevail in all circumstances. Fourth, fourth thing, lesson I've learned, is I have to tattoo myself with joy because I've learned that even though I have the best of intentions to keep it at the forefront of my thinking and then the, at the top of my like my, my living and my actions, because it's really easy to lose attention and focus on it. So let's recognize ourselves and our weaknesses for where they're at. I'm not saying you need to go get the tattoo that says joie de vivre or joy, but I'm, I am saying that that you have to know that you're gonna you're gonna be like oh I'm always gonna have this and I'm, I got this girl like no you do but you also have to set yourself up to be around the right people to put truth into your mind to know where, where is your attention focused what are you focusing on and also what are you putting in your your ears and what are you listening to what are you allowing into your mind because that's gonna determine what your experience of the world is and then it's also gonna determine whether or not you have joy in it so it's it's like anything it's a relationship we have to pay attention to it because if you don't pay attention to it you're not going to have it you know if you don't pay attention to relationship you're going to lose that relationship and then the final thing I've learned is that and this kind of goes off of that that what I was just saying about attention but that attention creates access to joy like I said, uh, I mentioned earlier, the more you start paying attention to things that bring you joy, the more joy you see that there's out there, the more you just start noticing beauty in places you never saw it. Sometimes they're dark places. Sometimes they're painful places. Sometimes they're just places you never paid attention to. It's really a beautiful thing. And so if you are listening and you just want to find more joy in your life today, I would challenge you to journal about joy. I would challenge you to pray or meditate, whatever your, your faith is, um, to, to really just seek God and find, ask for your eyes to be open to where there's joy to be seen and experienced and, and, and just start intending to be somebody who's joyful. Now, being joyful doesn't mean you have to be fake, happy, and all upbeat, and always optimistic, and always the center of attention. It's, this is not an introverted, extroverted thing. It's not a fake it till you make it thing. It's a, it's an, it's, a, it's a, like we said, an orientation of your heart, right? And and one of the things I think that's going to help you as you seek out joy is finding what little pleasures you love in life. There's one of my favorite books. Um, is a French book, and it's called Le Premier Goûter de la Bière. And that, that translates to say, the first sip of beer. Now, let me tell you why I love this book. I don't like beer. So the book is a compilation of two to three page stories. And they all describe 
joyful moments of existence, joyful pleasures. And they spend, it's this, they spend an eternity, it seems, of description, literally describing these momentary joys. And it, to me, it was, a, it was like a heart-changing book. Um, it, like the, the title, that title story, it's the first sip of beer. Imagine writing three pages of small font, by the way, about describing the satisfaction, the joy, the taste, the experience, the social connection of taking that first sip of beer. For me, I would like, okay, I write that about the first sip of wine and I'm in. But um, there's other ones. Like there's an, in, in Paris, there's a metro station called Montparnasse. And in Montparnasse, there is this, I mean, at, gosh, 10 years ago, when this, 15 years ago when this book was written, there was, it was the largest moving sidewalk in the world at that point. Like you guys know what I'm talking about. The moving sidewalks that um, like if you're going in a, in a big corridor at an airport where it's like, okay, well, we know you're going to be walking a mile. So let us help you out. We'll go we'll get on this little moving sidewalk and we will move you. Um, so that they have a whole, there was a whole story in this book for three or four pages, extreme description on the moving sidewalk in Montparnasse. This, somebody wrote this exquisite description of the joy that it, you have underground in the middle of a city in a dirty metro station. But the pleasure you feel when you just step on that, that moving sidewalk, like that is where your attention is going to create more access to joy. Like you start seeing things that you didn't realize were there and that because it changes everything about your experience of the world. It is so, it's just exquisite. Like I, there's no other way for me to describe it. And I'm, I'm telling you this from somebody who for years, for most of my childhood, wished I had joy, didn't know how to get joy, believed in joy, coming from a Christian background, believed that, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like I, I could quote Bible verses out the wazoo about joy, but I didn't have joy at some point after adolescence. From adolescence, you know, age 12, 13, when I realized that, gosh, I can't control my fa- my parents' happiness and joy and, you know, just pain. You know, I started being introduced to some of the brokenness of the world. And then I just turned to creating my own control system through perfectionism and, and achievement. And so there was a big chunk of that time of really my formative years of high school and college and a little bit post-college where I wasn't joyful. I was a happy person because I'm optimistic and I'm upbeat and I'm outgoing, but not with joy. I didn't have, I wasn't fully Trish, if that makes sense. So I I just want to share that with you because I want you to know, like, even if joy seems far off from you today, I need you to hear it's possible for you to get that. It's possible for you to have that. It's possible for that to become a descriptive. And it's something that you can start with today. It's a it's a state of mind. It's a, it's a decision to how, of how you will be. It's it's part of who you can be. So, here's the big here's the big build up, right? I promised you the secret to joy. Here's what it is. Ready? One sentence. And if you if you're on the road and you want to write this down, stop. Or you guys, I always have show notes. You can go to the show notes that are kept at Trish Blackwell. So it's trishblackwell.com forward slash one six five. Here's the secret. You simply have to decide that joy is a value of yours, and then you need to continually have a daily joy check. So not joystick, joy check. The secret to joy is that you simply have to decide that it's a value of yours. It's a it's a personal value. It's in your value system. It's part of who you are. It's part of how you've decided to live. It's part of how you've decided to see the world. And then you are gonna you realize that it's a relationship. And so you're gonna daily check back in with yourself. How's my joy level today? Almost like you have a tank of gas. Like you check when you get in your car, 
you check to see, oh, do I need to, do I need to fill up today? How am I doing on this? How, what do I need to invest in myself? For me, I have to be oh, well, cognizant that I'm doing things that bring me joy. Like writing brings me great joy. Being outside brings me great joy. Going for a run brings me great joy. Not always in the first two miles, but always by, by the end of it. Um, yeah, you have to also know what are the things that make my heart sing, my soul sing, make me come alive. And then intentionally do those things because there are going to be times when you're challenged to hold to this truth and this this, this joie de vivre. So the, so you do a daily joy check. You find ways to do that. Or you find ways to love on others. When you love on others, you get joy in that action of love. So there's always ways to assess that joy check, but when, once you've decided that it's a value of yours, you're going to always come back in and check it. Where are my levels? How, how have I invested in it? Am I being actively choosing joie de vivre? And so when you, I, I, it's an adjustment, it's this constant adjustment. When you lose joy, you've got to know how to, what to do and how to get it back. And you do that by knowing what you love to do. And I think sometimes so many of us have done what we, just what we think we're supposed to do that we don't really know what, what is it that you love to do? Like, what could you do and get lost doing? Is it photography? Is it scrapbooking? Is it writing? Is it having coffee with people you love? Is it sitting by a bit, body of water and just being? Is it reading a book? Um, is it going for a run or a swim or doing dance or listening to music? And like, what is it that you love to do that just makes you overflow? Like, you just lose, you get lost. Like, it's amazing. So when you feel your joy waning, you gotta go do those things. You gotta, you gotta be willing to say like, I, I'm gonna, I'm not sure what I like to do, but I, I got, I'm gonna figure out what I love to do. Um, and then when you are filled with joy, celebrate you guys. Be conscious of what fills you, and then let it fill you and overflow. The 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 most beautiful thing about this secret to joy and this concept of joyful living and joie de vivre and living life beautifully and confidently, is that when you really are let's just say it in the flow, like in the flow of this fluid relationship of joy and confidence, you are really living out the best version of you. You are overflowing with a reflection of God's love. And then that overflows onto other people. It, it's this way that you're leading, inspiring people in, in this really profound way that, that isn't just inspiring to them, but it can be life changing. And here's what's so cool, y'all. It's not just life changing, it's generation changing. Because if somebody makes a decision that they're going to change the way they live, they then start changing the, the, by example, the people that they love as well. And it's, it gets things get passed down to people's children and their grandchildren. My point is, is by you just loving life, investing in yourself in this way, you actually are investing in others. So that, my friends, is the secret to joy and I hope that that you can choose today to have real sustainable joy in your life that you know that the deep purpose in you is because there's a God who loves you and who has sacrificed for you and who considers you his child that the joy that you can have is because he loves you and that that's all it's all you need there's no one else you need to be in the world but you and just like a father who loves his child how great is it when you see your kids filled with joy like god jams out on this like this is awesome 
This is what he wants for us to live life beautifully and filled with joy. So um, that's my hope for you this week, that you would just be challenged with joy. A couple quick announcements before we close out. Um, If you love me and if you love the concept of joy and you want more of it in your life, you want more confidence in your life, that's what you want, y'all, then you need to get my copy of of my newest book, Insecurity Detox. It's a 30-day breakout plan to really gosh, rejuvenate your mind, your body, your spirit. And it's a book that you don't have to read cover to cover. Pick up a chapter, say, I need to work on my fear of failure. And it's there's your chapter right there with some actionable items for you. Or maybe you need to overcome some perfectionistic thinking. Or maybe you want more joy in your life. You guys, there are chapters in this book for all of that. Um, you can get it at insecuritydetox.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anything like that. So please pick up a copy of it. And if you've got a copy and it's been inspiring to you, please, 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 I beg you, do me a favor and write a review on Amazon. That is how the book world, my publisher, Simon Schuster, that's how they know that the, the book is resonating with readers. That's how they know that you're going to eventually want more books from me that and then they're going to say, yes, we will continue to allow you to um, to write for us, Trish. So um, you guys, if you haven't done that, I would just, gosh, it's the greatest gift you could give me to write, take, take two, three minutes to write a review on, for me for that. So thank you in advance. Now, just a heads up for a free material if you don't yet have my five-day detox devotional, um, it is something that I wrote in correlation with my book, Insecurity Detox. It's a five-day period that you will receive um, a five-minute email devotional that's that's emailed right to your inbox. It's um, with some, some prayer-centered posts um, for you to inspire you with joy and infuse you with confidence and deepen your understanding of the truth of just how deeply God loves you. And you can get your free copy of that at um, trishblackwell.com forward slash devotional. So you guys, that being said, let me just dive into our listener episode because she talks about joy and it's awesome. She wrote me out um, a great email the other week and I just want to highlight her and congratulate her for all the hard work. You guys, the emotional work you're doing through listening to shows like this or reading books on personal development and leadership development and emotional, let's just face it, your emotional intelligence and your confidence, this is hard work. Like I want to commend each and every one of you who takes anything from my show and puts it into practice It is way harder than anything you would do physically. You are doing the work. You are working hard. You are doing, like, you're walking it out. So let's just, let's just put into perspective. We may not be where we want to be, but we're not where we were yesterday. And that's, that's a, that's worthy of, of acknowledgement and celebration. So this listener of the episode is Sarah Palkovich, Palkovich. Here's what she said. She says, dear Trish, My name is Sarah. I'm 26 years old. I'm almost ashamed to say that I've been listening to your podcast for almost two years now, and this is my first time writing to you. It's okay, Sarah. I love that you wrote me no matter what. And I know there's other people out there thinking that, and we we wait to say something because you want your post to be perfect. I need you to hear me clearly. I don't care if your email's perfect. We are anti-perfectionists, remember? Okay, let me continue what she says. I have to say that that since the very first time I listened to your podcast, I've always felt that each and every message was relatable to my life in some way. Upon hearing your story, I've definitely connected to your journey and spent my childhood focused on being perfect. I always wanted to be the perfect child for my parents, the perfect student in school, the perfect girl that everyone loved. This lifestyle was exhausting, and I began to experience major anxiety and bouts of depression at a very young age. By the time I was 12, my desire for perfectionism led me to a dark hole of an eating disorder. I spent my entire middle school and high school years wrapped up in what I was eating or not eating, exercising for hours and hours on end, and berating myself in front of the mirror. 
I was ruining my body and ended up spending many days in a hospital back and forth to different specialists and psychiatrists. Looking back, I can't believe I almost spent eight whole years of my life completely consumed by the shadow of mental illness. And side note, Sarah, you're right. We have eerily similar stories. And that's, I think there are thousands of women out there who share this story. So thank you for sharing yours. And it is, this is a, this is a reality that we, we feel so alone in, but there's so many people that are out there. And so here's what I love that you made a change. By the time I was 20, I knew my body couldn't handle this anymore. Although I had been going to counselors for years, I made the decision to put myself in an intensive rehab program. Little did I know that I would spend $30,000 in two months of my life surrounded by people telling me that I would never get, be, never get better. What kind of logic is this? Well, fast forward in a little while, and I am proud to say that I no longer have any desire to act out those ways anymore. And by the grace of God alone, I am completely free of that eating disorder. And I have to intercede here. Sarah, that's amazing. That is, I love that you shared that. And I needed to share that with people so that they knew. Because what the world says is impossible, God makes possible. Like, you, there is freedom from this stuff. There absolutely is. So I love it. I'm going to continue um, just a couple more things that, that Sarah said here. She said, in December of 2015, I was going through a very lonely and miserable time of depression and still constant anxiety that was disrupting my life. Although I had pushed myself to listen to your messages, I felt too far gone, like my life was never meant to get any better than that. Thankfully, after the first of this year, I got a fire down in my spirit and I finally said, I don't want to live this life anymore. I need a serious change. And I began reaching out to God again after a very long hiatus and immersing myself into good things like the Bible, your podcast, sermons, positive self-help books, etc. I joined a small women's group that was part of a nearby church and began to make new friends and open myself up. One day I was re-listening to your podcast number 138 with Jessica Vaughn and something really clicked. I wanted to discover my worth. I ordered her book that day and when I'd arrived, I couldn't put it down. Everything is what I needed to hear and it was like she was speaking right to me. This book, your encouraging words and the guidance of the Holy Spirit gave me the strength and confidence to end my toxic relationship. Never in a million years did I think I would have been able to do something like that. But I did, and I felt like a huge weight had been lifting off my shoulders. For the first time, I don't feel as my as if my identity and worth are tied to him. Rather, I have my own worth because I am a child of God, uniquely and wonderfully made. Trish, I seriously cannot ever thank you enough because your words have been the catalyst to one of the biggest revelations in my life. I can't even believe how my life has improved in the last six weeks. I feel like a new person. I did pre-order your book, Insecurity Detox, and I received it yesterday. I'm starting the five-day devotional and cannot wait to dive into the book. Although I still have some anxieties and, inse and insecurities, I know my life has changed better thanks to God and your messages of encouragement. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so sincerely thankful for all that you do. You are seriously changing lives. Keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing and have been a gift to God, of God in my life. Sincerely, Sarah. And you guys, I, Sarah, I just love you. I love your message. I love that you're part of this Be More movement and part of this podcast community. And I love what you said. That in the, uh, You listen to the show and you listen to messages and you're like, it's not possible. It's not, this is not available for me. And then something clicked in you and said, wait, I can't live like this anymore. I'm ready to change. Like you said, it's time to rise up. It's time to change. It's time to emerge. It's time to stop being okay with just 
just getting by and start living and finding freedom and joy and happiness. And it's amazing that in just six weeks, you could feel 100% different. And that's, 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 um, that's just awesome. So congratulations for the work that you're putting in and the choices you're making to put good things and surround yourself with the truth and saturate your life with great things and great messages and great, great tools because you guys, it, it, it's paying off, Sarah. It is, that is so incredibly awesome. And I love that you love Jess's book. It's, it's a great book. If you guys haven't read it to know, it's called Know Your Worth. And it just, man, it speaks truth. It's awesome. And I think when we know our worth, we can really live out true joy. And that's that's an amazing, amazing thing. So thank you for sharing your story, Sarah. It's beautiful. And I'm telling you what, I know there's more than just one person out there who heard your story today, who everything in their life is going to change because of what you shared. So it's awesome. It's awesome. You guys, that's why we share that we are a community. We celebrate one another's successes and breakthroughs and triumphs. And we get inspired by those as well. So you guys, if you aren't receiving all of my emails and my, 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 I, I do weekly inspirational posts, weekly challenges, make sure you get on my email list. Just go to my website and you'll see there's an opt-in for Roadmap to Confidence. Grab that. It's a free Roadmap to Confidence that's going to give you, it's like a weekly tool that you can use to assess how your week's going to be and how to keep that confidence mindset, confident, joy-filled mindset. So make sure you grab that. And um, yeah, I promise no spam, no selling of your email, just great info right to your phone, your email, whatever it is where you read your email to keep this true, your mind saturated with truth and joy because I am in the business. This is my business. This is my goal. I am your, I am your, well, not, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to, to, to challenge you to rise up, to love more deeply and profoundly than you ever thought possible to believe in yourself with more confidence and courage and boldness than you've ever given yourself permission to do and to go out there and do it and live it. And so it's my honor to, to play that role in your, in your, in your life to, to inspire and challenge you. And, um, yeah, I just, I want to help you in as many ways as I can. So make sure you're in, you're on my email list so that you get all the content I put out there that, that will help you do those great things with your life. Guys, that's it for today. Go out there. Go be more of who you are. Be you. Be free. Thanks for listening. You can get more confidence resources at trishblackwell.com. If you love the show, let me know. Write a review on iTunes or send me an email at trish at trishblackwell.com. Take your confidence to a new level by downloading my free daily guide to confidence, The Confidence Roadmap. You can grab your free roadmap at trishblackwell.com forward slash roadmap. And you know what? I'm thankful for you. Yes, you. So thanks for being you. Now go share the best of you with the world. <laughs>